Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Paranormal. I'm Marie, and this episode is a little bit different today. Um, basically, what had happened was the night that Nicolina and I normally record, Nicolina wasn't feeling well, and so we pushed it to a different day. And then the day that we were scheduled to record, I found out that my 95-year-old grandmother had COVID, and so I was in no state to record that day. Um, So we decided that we were going to re-release one of our favorite Hometown Haunt episodes. We really hope you enjoyed this one. Honestly, this episode was pretty terrifying, especially for me. Uh, It took me about four days to start sleeping normally again after I listened to this one. So it's probably going to be one that I skip listening to this time around again. And um, we really hope that you enjoy it. Uh, please, please enjoy our, our special re-release of our Hometown Haunt episode with Evan Kale. Welcome back to Paranormal, everyone. It is me, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicolina. <laughs> that over. Um, and we're your favorite non-investigative but true ghost story podcast. And yeah. we're here today with a special guest, Evan Kale, aka Hello. Conman is here. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I found Evan on TikTok. I found him on my for you page, and he had like 200,000 followers. So I was like, I'm never going to get his attention here. I found his Instagram, DM'd him, and he graciously agreed to be on our podcast. So thank you very much for taking the time to do that. I do try and talk to everybody who messages me, but I also might be opening up the floodgates by saying that. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of people. (laughs) Um, Evan, where are you located? I don't know. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, okay, very cool. And you work in the Yeah, so I work, well, it's not, a, I don't work in a pawn shop per se. It's a gold and silver <laughs> business. Um, I work for right. basically an old guy who wasn't on the internet who was doing this like really obscure business. I was working in restaurants and I got a tip. He was looking for a young person. This was like two years ago. And I went to go work for him and I was like, God, you need to be on the internet. And I just kind of, this whole this character I've created where I'm the pawn man, because I have two TikTok accounts and they're both pretty big. I have one where I do comedy and sometimes I, t- I share stories from my life. That's what you, where you found these ghost stories. And then I have the pawn man, which I have a YouTube show. And then I have like a personality on TikTok. And um, yeah, so yeah, I'm That's an awesome. internet personality. Yeah, I guess so. How did so. that happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok does crazy things, I feel so. <laughs> It does. Yeah, no, I, I I created a TikTok in November of 2019. And like by January of 2019, I had like 100,000 followers. So like, damn, I didn't see that coming. Crazy. Did it, well, did it just take like one video or was like there mo- how many how much content did you release before it got to that? I was releasing a couple of videos a day, kind of trying to see what worked and what didn't. And then I noticed that like the more shameless and raunchy and cause like I was like censoring myself and then I would see these jokes that were so bad and they're so funny and they do so well. And it's like, well, compared to my humor, that's benign. I may as well let TikTok hear what I have to say. And then like, you know, instantly right. everyone was like, oh, he is funny. He's terrible. <laughs> awesome. Good to know. Good to know. Some yeah. tips and tricks for content creators out there. <laughs> and so Shamelessness is the key. You. 
You said you were from where? You're I'm, like you're I'm from Edina, Minnesota. That's where the story takes place, but I currently live in Minneapolis. Okay. 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 Great. Cool. So you sent me, you sent us an EVP earlier. Is that that was from that? That's from the house, yes. And how long ago did you live there? Or would you I still live, have my a family home there? No, we don't live there anymore. Uh, my family lived there from 1993 until, was it 92? 92 or 3 until 2011. Um, and basically, my parents went broke and lost the house and had to sell it before the bank took it back. Um, mm. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear it all, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I mean, tell us, start from the beginning. Tell us sure. everything that you want to tell us. <laughs> the the acquisition of the house itself was somewhat eerie, you know, and I, I was born in 89, so I was three when we moved in. So, like, you know, I didn't know what was going on. But my parents said the guy they bought it from, uh, an Egyptian guy who never once set foot on the house, according to the realtors, he... Bought the house and then just lived in Egypt the whole time and he was never there. So the house was empty for years and I don't know who owned it before then. But when Mm. my parents moved in, the house was vacant except for a few items. They found in one of the bedrooms there was a giant map of the world. And then in the bomb shelter, there was a giant beehive. The the house was built in 58 during the Cold War, so it had a bomb shelter. And there's this big fucking beehive in the basement. And then there was a family of raccoons in the chimney. But other than that, the house was empty. So they bought the house, we moved in, and, you know, everything was great. It was my parents, like, they had just sold one house, and this was, like, the upgrade house. So it was, like, you know, things were going really well. I don't have any siblings. Um, So my dad stays up late at night. He always has. And watches movies. It's kind of, you know, it's been his thing. And he would be staying up late at night watching movies. My mom is a makeup artist, and he, well, what he did is its own thing i got a book i'm working on about him but he would go help my mom (laughs) for all intents and purposes he helped her at the store so you know it was kind of he got to fuck around a lot and would stay up late and watch movies and he would notice watching movies late at night god damn that basement would get cold like really cold like unbelievably cold and he would faintly hear and see things out of the corner of his eye but he just dismissed it as being you know whatever so we had some mirrors that were in the basement lining the basement hallway and he said the night, the one night, the night where he, it, he realized it wasn't just in his head. He was on the toilet taking a shit late at night. And he looks up <laughs> from the bathroom mirror and he sees one of the mirrors in the hall. There's a bloody face just staring at him. And no. he screams and he goes and he runs upstairs and he wakes up my mom. And she's, oh, Harold, quit smoking pot. Come to bed. <laughs> you know, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't take him seriously at all. So, but, you know, he saw it. He knows with conviction. I've, I've had the story. I've talked to about about this with him and and he knows what he saw so at that point he started to realize that something goes bump in the night at this house mm-hmm. now he started to notice as soon as he saw that he really started looking and listening for stuff and he started to notice some other stuff uh the shadow people as he called it the either just a quick thing or a fully fledged human out of the corner of your eye running at you and no. right as you turn your head it's gone but no. you know you know what you saw, and your head instinctively turns because your brain picks up motion. You look, and there's nothing there. Uh, right. The sensation of being watched. Um, again, the temperature. He would have friends come in from out of town, and they would stay over, and they would report weird things. One of the weird things that they would report, if they were sleeping in the basement, they would report it, it was as if somebody had a flashlight with the power of the sun on it, 
and it was like you're staring at the sun with your eyes closed, but when you open your eyes, there's nothing there. It's darkness. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's odd. So uh, our house got a little bit of a reputation with my parents' friends, my dad's friends, who would come in from out of town and stay there as being, you know, the creepy place to stay. The other thing that would happen, and and the signature activity that I would say really characterizes this haunting, is the flooding. It would turn on sinks by itself, and it would blow pipes. It would create these disasters with water where the basement would flood and it would be destroyed. And, you know, I fucking, I can't imagine what my parents collected on insurance, like slash if the insurance was like, what's going on here? Because it would happen all the time and we'd have plumbers come and I, I would be investigating you for sure. I'd be like, and, and the plumbers, well, the thing is the plumbers couldn't explain it. Cause they're you know, like, there's oh, nothing no. nefarious. Like the pipes would just explode sometimes right. and they had no explanation. You know, they go in and look and it was like, did he flush a cherry bomb? No, nothing. It was oh, inexplicable. Um, so this would continue and this kind of, it was just the thing, but it was, it was benign. It was creepy, but it wasn't violent yet. Um, and I have some weird memories as a kid. My parents would have dinner parties and, you know, no kid, like I said, no siblings. So it was like, Evan, go to the basement. So they banished me to the basement and they give me some Legos because they'd spoil me. Yeah. And child over here. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've got I've got some really weird memories of being down in the basement late on Saturday nights and, and some weird things that I remember. And it's like, wait, what? Like, um, there's one where my my mom bought me some Legos and we had this big, tall armoire. I must have been about four or five years old. And I remember my mom coming downstairs to bring me some food and I'm climbing on top of the armoire. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, but Legos, the Legos are up there. And she's oh. like, how do the Legos get up there? And like, Evan, this is dangerous. I, and she went and asked me, like, who put the Legos up there? And oh, I'm my like, God. Yeah. I don't remember how they got up there, but the oh fact that God. they were up in a place to my parents, and I'm like here climbing, trying to get them. Yeah. Um, one time I was playing Nintendo 64. I remember this. This one I remember really well. This is fucking what scary. Game? What game was Mario, it? Mario Kart. Great game. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this must have been 1996. Okay. So the the basement, um, you you go downstairs. There's a bedroom right as you walk. Down, there's two bedrooms right as you walk downstairs next to each other. And then there's a hall. There's a bathroom. There's a bar. And then there's like a big open area. And to the right, there's a laundry room and the bomb shelter. And then there's like an office, like kind of wrapped around under the stairs. Um, well, I'm sitting in the big open area playing uh, video games, and out of the corner of my eye, I think I see my dad. I see a big, big man wearing a leather jacket. My dad had like this like leather jacket with like uh, these like tassels on it, kind of like old, like old West kind of. Very cool. Yeah. And as I turn my head, the figure comes running into the room and hides behind a chair. What is with and, this thing running? This is oh so scary God. to me. And <laughs> it would immediately, and then it, it giggled. Like I heard like a giggle. Like a girl or like a man. Yeah, and I thought it was my dad. And I called my dad Papa. And I said, Papa? Oh and I God. got up and I looked and there was nothing there. And I was I didn't really think anything of it, minus being weird, but the one thing that really got me, like number one, I remembered this a couple of years ago because I had like put it out of my mind and then I re-remembered it was like, oh, 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 no, no. But it it's, like pushed it away like trauma. Okay. It was yeah. this big hulking figure and it just ran and hid behind a tiny chair. And it, you know, it was gone. So, and then there was the giggle. The, the giggle part sure didn't help either. So little things like that, weird things like that. I remember cabinets getting opened 
I don't remember actually seeing it, but I do remember like coming back downstairs because the basement room, the big main room had like a wall of cabinets. I remember them all being open after I stepped out for a second. Um, and when I would have friends over, it would unplug stuff a lot of the time. So that's minus that minus uh, calling your name. Things would call your name when no one was home. And it wasn't like a random voice. It was like my parents voice. So like as I started getting older, I would be home on Saturdays when my parents were at the salon. And sometimes I would hear some I would hear the front door open up. I would hear somebody loudly walk in, walk around and hear Evan. And I go upstairs and there'd be no one home. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. The giggle that you heard, was it like a man giggle, a little girl? Like I remember it being like a little girl. Like, like hee hee. Ew, okay. Yeah. Sorry, oh, sorry. No. Okay. The, animals. The, the animals also, number one, they would not go downstairs for any reason whatsoever. They would start shaking sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you physically mm-hmm. pick them up, because we always had labs, Labradors in the house. If you pick them up and brought them downstairs, they would immediately run back upstairs. And sometimes they would look at things, the two of them, we'd always have pairs of dogs. They would both be watching something that like, I couldn't see, which is just like, you know, and like their eyes are like clearly looking at something. So that was creepy. So it was creepy, but it wasn't violent. Um, It would do things. Sometimes we tried to sell the house Uh, and my parents, mind you, they didn't tell me that it was haunted. They were trying to keep it from me. So I, w- I would find things that were inexplicable and they tried to make an excuse for it. Like uh, one time we mm. went away for Memorial Day when I was in fifth grade. We went up to our cabin for the whole long weekend. When we came back, I'm, my toy room downstairs, my action figures had all been taken out and they had been played with and they were in positions they were killing each other. And I tried to hit like, oh my God, like, Papa, I think somebody broke in. And I went and I showed my dad and he was like, just the look on his face. He was like, are you sure you didn't leave him like that? No. Oh, don't worry about it, Evan. <laughs> it's like, ah. Uh. Oh, <laughs> so my parents would have like padlocked the basement. Actually, no, they would have still made me play down there. Probably <laughs> this whole time though, I'm thinking, Oh, it's just me. Oh, it's just me. Oh, it's just me. Um, and then one night I, I, in sixth grade, you start waking up earlier. And so mm-hmm. I would get up early in the morning and go downstairs. My parents would still be asleep. You know, it'd still be dark out. And in going downstairs, because that was where we kept milk, like to get milk for my cereal, I would sometimes notice in picture frames, I would see something obscure the light for a second, like somebody walked by it. And I kept seeing it. And I noticed it was really cold in the basement. I just, I would get really creeped out in the morning being down there by myself. And like, I wouldn't know what was going on or how or why. And I just thought, oh, it must just be me. So I remember one night, it was, I was in sixth grade now. It was, we were raised, I was raised Jewish, so it was a Shabbat dinner. We had my grandparents over, and after dinner, my dad's in the garage smoking a cigarette, and they go out, and I close the door. I say, Papa, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, what's up, son? This is going to sound kind of weird, but Papa, is our house haunted? And I expected him to be like, no, but he looked at me so intensely, and he took a deep drag of his cigarette, and he said, son, they can never hurt you. I was like, wait, 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 what? You're not going to lie? You're not going to say no, it is. So, you know, he shouldn't have told me that because now I thought, okay, I have to prove this to my friends. Now I'm interested. So now I'm actively looking for it because I'm a curious young mind. And what does a curious young mind who's 12 years old do? Acquires a Ouija board. Don't tell me you got a Ouija board. No, Uh you didn't. (laughs) Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So there is a... I'm so sad. 
<laughs> there is a line in the sand in this house between pre Ouija board and post Ouija board. It was that of dramatic. No. Uh, sorry, we, I say this as if you were not a twelve year old child, but like, of course. <laughs> so I have uh, I have some friends over, and I'm telling you guys, my house is haunted. My house is haunted. You guys aren't going to believe what's going to go on tonight. I got a Ouija board. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun tonight. So I had maybe seven or eight friends over for a ghost party and we lit a bunch of candles and we found some spells on the internet, quote unquote. And we, we started messing with this Ouija board and at first nothing happens and we're sitting there and it's about 11 o'clock. And then suddenly we can kind of hear faint talking. Like, like it sounds like a lot of people are talking, but they're not close. And it's like, everyone's like, Shh, quiet, quiet. My God, it sounds like there's a full on party in that basement. It like, I hear clanking glasses. We hear laughter. And it sounds like it's very distant. Hey, my parents, they went to bed. And we all look at each other, and the room temperature just drops. And then the Ouija board starts working. And the Ouija board oh says that it is a family friend of ours that had just died of cancer a couple months earlier. And that it was him, and that it had some secrets to tell me. And the Ouija board tells me this guy, this family friend that I thought I knew... Not the guy I thought I knew. He had a life of drugs and gambling debt and hookers and this. Like, it's just telling me these terrible things about this guy. And then after this thing that. sounds it, like it was an evil entity. Like, this now it does not Oh, sound... just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Oh, yeah. my God. So, after it, let me put it this way. It got so freaky down there, we had to go back upstairs. Uh, the voices got loud. One of my friends got touched. Uh, the temperature, again, it was so cold. We, like, just didn't want to be down there. The candles, one of the candles blew out on their own. Like, yeah, it was bad. So we went back upstairs. The next day, the basement flooded. And this this kicked off what my family calls the summer from hell. This happened in April of 2002. By September of 2002, we were seriously considering, again, trying to sell the house. Every time we would try to sell it, creepy shit would happen. It was like it didn't want us to leave. The flooding would happen a lot. Like, you know, it was like it was making problems so, like, you know, we couldn't sell the house. So the activity goes from, again, creepy to violent. Furniture starts moving. Um, things start going missing. You put something down. And this is by far the craziest thing I think that happened in this house. And what, what keeps me up to this night is wondering, you put something down, you turn around, you turn back, it's gone. Vanished right behind you. And maybe you'll get it back a week later, a month later, years later. Maybe you never get it back at all. Where did it go? What happened? What would happen if there had been a camera in that room? Would I have seen the object levitate up and shoot out of the room? Or would it have just vanished or what? Simply bringing a physics aspect into this, because matter cannot be destroyed, it must take a lot of energy to vanish something. How fucking powerful was this thing? So, uh, again, the, the furniture starts moving, the flooding, there's pounding on the floors, there's knocks coming in threes. You'll just randomly hear it throughout the house. Uh, the voices. Uh, I, this is where I started sleeping, and to this day, I sleep under my covers. Completely under my covers, because things started fucking with me while I was sleeping. Uh, one night, something touched my face. It was like it was ice cold. Another time, some, something whispered, Evan, in my ear, and I could feel... I could feel the ice cold air on my breath, or I'm, uh, I could feel the ice cold air. I could feel the ice cold air on my ear, and I, you know, like I shot open, and I was just like, 
Do you know why they do the things in threes? I'm just wondering if you've done research into that. Uh, yeah, it's a mockery of the Holy Trinity. It's demonic. Yeah, okay. Is what I hear. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you knew that. I looked that up because I was, I would, when I was a kid, I would watch a lot of um, like paranormal survivor shows and shit like that. And I noticed that when people would be attacked and they'd have scratches, it would always be three scratches. So I start Googling, like, why is it always three? And that's when I found out it was like a mockery of the Holy Trinity and that it means something. I never got scratched. Uh, My mom got shoved down the stairs. It's probably the most violent thing that happened. Oh, my friend, uh, we oh we we fucked with the Ouija board again. I didn't learn my lesson. We did it numerous times after oh my that because it was like it was like how I would entertain my friends. Like, hey, do you guys want to have another fucking crazy ghost sleepover? We stopped for a while when one of my friends got his hair pulled, like <gasps> violently. I'm sure it was great. I'm sure it was great fun for your friends. They got to just like <laughs> have fun and then leave, and you're like, oh yeah, I just fucking flooded my parents' basement again. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So, so it it wouldn't happen every night. And here's the, here's the weird thing. Um, they got it exercised in 1997 before I fucked with the Ouija board, before it was like violent. They Mm -hmm. just wanted to stop work for three years. And then they just came back and my parents don't know why they came back, but they came back. Um, and it wouldn't happen. Oh, Oh God. I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah. Oh, that just three years. Yeah. Um, that's but again, though, weird, this, this is, this is pre Ouija board. Um, and I, I legitimately don't think okay. it was demonic before that. Um, and I think it was demonic, not just because of the threes and the activity being violent, but the mm-hmm. fact that it, um, well, we'll get to this with the friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, it's kind of hard to keep track because, you know, it's, it's, there's so many different things that I could talk about. And it's, kinda, no, it's, it's hard it's, to tell it chronologically without leaving backstory of, like, my family and, like, you know, all the shit that happened to us. And um, mm-hmm. Okay, so we got it exercised and that worked for three years. And then they came back and it wouldn't happen. The activity wouldn't happen every night. It would go in spurts. Sometimes it would go every night for, like, a week or, like, a month or, like, it would fuck off for a month and then it would just randomly come back. It would happen during the day. It would happen mostly at night, but there would be some stuff that would happen during the day. Like I said, people would call my name. Like my parents would call my name during the day, broad daylight. And I'd go upstairs. There'd be nothing there. Um, So we do some more Ouija board fuckery a couple more times. Well, one night uh, I'm with my mom. We're driving to synagogue. We're having a talk. This was, I'm in high school now. And the subject of my parents' friend who died of cancer came up. And we're talking about him. And she says, well, did you know that he had this life of drugs and gambling and this and that? She tells me everything that the Ouija board told me, but it was new information, her sharing it with me. And I was like, yeah, I didn't know that. How'd you know? Ouija board told me. That makes sense now. (laughs) Did your mom know that you guys were playing with a Ouija board? Yeah. My parents really didn't like it. (laughs) I didn't didn't tell them about it every time that we did it um, for obvious reasons because I wanted to entertain my friends um so so but the furniture throwing was a thing it would pull beds it would knock things off tables it would flip stuff it threw a table at my mom one time luckily the doorway wasn't wide enough for the table to go through literally like fucking threw a table this was toward the end of our ownership it would also you would hear these crashes coming from the other side of the house like like it would sound like somebody fucking knocked over a bookshelf and you'd go Mm -hmm. running to investigate the crash nothing Everything's fine. Oh my god! Just you get these sounds oh that it was like, "What happened?" And then, yeah, who knows what happened? 
So this in the middle can- of telling I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I when but when I interrupted you last time, you're in the middle of telling us a story about why you still sleep with the covers over your head. The breathing on my ear. Oh, it was the breathing. Like, okay. Oh my oh, god. god. And something sometimes would sit down on the foot of my bed. I would feel it. And you know, it's like, okay, I don't want to look. And so till to this day, I am terrified that I will wake up in the night and I will be looking in a mirror and there will be a face staring at me or something. I'll see yeah, something I can I can't unsee. Uh-huh. So now I sleep, uh, I sleep totally submerged under the covers as a now almost 32 year old adult. And I'm like literally yeah. traumatized by this. I would have um, done the same. <laughs> okay. So, so moving forward here. So I go to college, um, and my parents kind of, their financial situation changes. So things kind of start falling apart. They have to leave the house and I want to, I've been fascinated by this every, you know, it's like one of those things I'm like morbidly fascinated by it, even though I know how dangerous it is and, and that it has, you know, that it could do terrible things to you. It could pull your hair, it could push you down the stairs, it could steal things. Who knows what else it's capable of? I still want to document something. I want to prove that it's there. I want to get something before I lose this house. So mm-hmm. I, this was when I was attempting to be a screenwriter and a movie producer. This was like how I spent my early twenties. I have kind of a weird backstory. And one of the first projects that I was working on was a low-budget horror movie that I was trying to put together as a writer and a producer, and it was going to be based on some of the stuff that happened to my house. So I, for for marketability and uh, like bonus content kind of thing, I decided to get some ghost hunters to come to the house to see what they find, because I'd never invited ghost hunters in before. So I dig around, and I find a team of five, and they're set to come. This was in October of 2010. And they're set to come into the house. And the week before, what do I do? I go on Craigslist and I find the oldest Ouija board that I can find. It's from the 1960s. Oh, my God. And I invited one of my friends over, the friend who got his hair pulled. I'm amazed that he volunteered for this. And the the guy who is also helping me put this quote-unquote movie together. The movie fell apart. The guy I was working with was a bozo. But he, (laughs) uh, he came over and so we messed with this Ouija board in this basement that was, that had almost nothing in it because the parents, my parents had moved out at this point. So we're sitting in this basement and we're messing with this Ouija board and, and like kind of nothing's happening. And then the temperature drops and then we start hearing some weird knocks and we decide we're going to split up and walk around the basement alone and see if we can hear anything. One of my friends, my friend who got his hair pulled says he hears, it sounds like nails dragging down the wall. And he came back in and reported that. And I go back out and I walk into my old I walk into my old bunk bed downstairs. And the old bunk bed it had like it was like a like an old bunk bed built in like the sixties and it had like all these like drawers beneath it. And there's a weird smell coming from the drawers. And I opened up the drawers and there were some documents that like my dad had left. And they were soaked with cold urine. Fresh, cold urine. Oh yeah. my god! And it's not like oh maybe it's like old water or something like that. Like it was yellow. It was fucking clearly piss, and it was so fucking oh cold. It was like ice cold, and it was fresh. Oh my! And god. it was like oh this fucker's marking its territory. Time to go. So I, I didn't yeah. even tell them what I saw. I was just like, you guys, we gotta go. So what did we do? We took the Ouija board, stuck it under the chair, under the sofa, like the only piece of furniture in this basement, and we left the placenta on it, because you're not supposed to do that. And we left. And apparently this <laughs> so week, funny. the realtor, because the house is for sale, 
the realtor said that she she went into the house and there were muddy footprints all over the basement that looked like they belonged to a child. She had to clean it up. But oh the house God. was empty. Yeah, there nobody got into this house. So I said, fuck if I know. But then the ghost hunters came through the next week and they forgot to do... They said they forgot to do some prayer that you're supposed to do when you leave a site like this. And so they all got attacked at their own homes. Uh, one guy said something grabbed his wife in the middle of the night, like had his like she felt like hands around her throat. Another guy said a crucifix got ripped off as well. The whole team quit ghost hunting. They was like, well, we've been off more than we can chew. But this is the team that captured that uh, EVP that I sent you guys. And apparently that was recorded when they were walking up some stairs. It's like they didn't hear it. And then they went back later. That was the only good piece of evidence that they captured. But like, I've never heard anything like that. And when I heard that, I mean, that that makes the hairs on my arm stand straight up. That is whatever, whatever I brought in with that Ouija board, whatever kind of a doorway opened in that house, that's what it is. And that is the personification of evil, whatever the fuck it is. I think. Can I listen to it right now? I'm going to pull it up on my phone. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, it sounded very, like it it was surprisingly clear. And it, for some reason, I mean, you mentioned this at the beginning of the episode that the person who owned the house you said was from Egypt. Yeah. So the voice of the person sounded like they were from like a kind of a ancient world. Like they had like a, like a Sumerian would be my guess. Yes. I'm like ancient Sumerian, which would mean that it is fucking for sure demonic. I'm so scared that that was like some type of weird spell. And now I've listened to it and I've heard myself. (laughs) Uh, You know, not to freak you guys out. I will say this. I have such horrible luck. And it it started right around the time when I fucked with this Ouija board. Like like standing next to yeah. me is a hazard because the craziest, most unlikely shit happens to me all the time. And I wonder if I put you know if I impress something upon myself by doing this that I can never get off. I don't know. Oh my god, I'm like terrified right now. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I just had to quickly mention that <laughs> this is funny. But when you were talking about the planchette being left on the Ouija board, you called it a placenta, which made me howl. <laughs> <laughs> a little so, uh, Freudian slip there. What's on? What's on my mind? To know it's a planchette, not a placenta, that he left on the Ouija board. <laughs> Can't wait for those reviews to come rolling in. All those babies I've been eating. <laughs> Again, non-investigative podcast. So <laughs> people are like, "How are you, thirty-two? You don't look thirty-two. <laughs> yeah. No, it's because I eat babies. I'm actually, anyway. I'm actually terrified that something bad is going to happen to me now that I've listened to that audio. I'm wish I didn't, I didn't listen to it. I didn't listen to the precise words or anything. Did, did you? Were you able to get? precise words from that or uh, as far as i can gather it sounds like it's saying mine okay. m-i-n-e but that's i don't know yeah. and the people who recorded it uh they didn't know either and they said they had somebody who was a language expert listen to it and that person didn't know either i i uploaded it on tiktok i was hoping somebody could maybe identify it but uh, right that would be nothing. cool if someone was able to um, has anyone on tiktok told you that anything's happened to them since listening to this evp no, nope, I haven't. I haven't heard. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about okay. that. Um, there are better. 
there are a few encounters that are okay. So I'll, just, I'll share. I guess I'll share two of them that really, three of them that really stand out to me. And the last one's going to sound far fetched, but it's my dad's account. So the scariest thing that ever happened to me, the thing that made me realize that like I shouldn't have been fucking with this. This had the power to kill me. Was one night I went back, um, I was in college, I was a sophomore, I went to the University of Minnesota, so I was only about 10 miles from the house I grew up in. And this was when my parents were still living there. And I went there to stay overnight to see my parents and, you know, have another night at home in my old bed. And when I would come home sometimes, it was like it missed me or like, you know, it was like, welcome back, I'm going to fuck with you. So I had to get up early the next morning and I get in bed, my dad's asleep, my mom's in the garage working on, I don't know, something. and. There's like uh, some kind of like noise, like something's messing with the blinds in my room. And I just said out loud, stop it. And sometimes if you talk to them, they would stop. And it stopped. It immediately stopped. And about a second later, boom, beneath me. It was like Hercules punched the floor beneath me. My fucking bed shot up. I could feel the energy coming through my bed. And it was one of those things where it was so loud and violent and powerful. My eyes shot open and it, it was a half second of, did that really just happen? <gasps> that really just happened. What did it? Oh, you know what fucking did it. Time to go. And I flew out of that bed and I quickly looked over my shoulder. My dad asleep, sound asleep, ran out into the garage. My mom's listening to headphones. Mom, got to go. What's wrong, honey? Got to go. Bye. And that was the last time I ever slept in that house. But the my, some of my friends described pounding on the floors, and I had never heard it, or like I'd never experienced it. Fuck if that's what they experienced. Jesus Christ! Uh, the oh the energy if that were exhibited on a if that energy were exhibited on a person, it was like a semi truck. Like it would crush bone and flesh. So that just that oh put God. it into context to me how dangerous and powerful it was, and that you know maybe yeah. throwing tables and doing this maybe it was only just the tip of the iceberg of its power who knows so 100%, yes that's that's the scariest thing that happened to me in that house was that pound that one pound was so powerful uh well, the next scariest feeding off of your guys energy for a long time and it just getting stronger and stronger right like yeah didn't, didn't help that Sorry, i opened up a doorway on. the next scariest yeah. thing my mom reported when my parents were moving out my mom she's a character like me she would go to garage sales and buy weird shit, like all kinds of weird shit. And so she bought a rubber pig mask, like an antique rubber pig mask. It's as weird and terrifying as it sounds. So this pig mask is is sitting at the foot of the stairs, you know, like whatever. Like it was in a box and like it fell out of the box and it was just sitting at the foot of the stairs. And my parents are moving stuff out of the house and my mom glanced down the stairs and she said there were a pair of eyeballs in the mask looking up at her. And she no. screamed and dropped what she and and my, like basically like almost didn't go back in the house. She was so flipped out because this was when like, my parents were really clearly moving out and the activity was getting really violent again with them. Right. Now, the the scariest thing, the craziest thing that was seen in the house was seen by my dad. I didn't see it. I believe him because, number one, this house is just incredible. Number two, he described something without knowing what he was describing. And I did some research and it's like, oh, you saw one of those. Oh, you know how few people have ever seen those? Uh, so he's, his story is he's in the garage smoking and we had an attic and my mom is in the far bounds of the attic because the attic was the whole size. This was a big house. 
It was the whole size of the house. And she's way the fuck in the far bounds of the attic getting, like, digging boxes out. So he's sitting there, and he hears something right above him. And he, he sees something move. He's, Carol? My mom's name is Carol. She doesn't respond. And he's watching. And he says he saw a cat looking down at him. But the cat's eyes grew and grew and grew. And it was looking over a box. And it peered over the box. And it had, he said, a human smile. And it had no fur, like right here. And he said... It looked over the box, and its head kept going, and its neck kept stretching, and it kept going and going, and its eyes got wider. He said it was like a Cheshire cat from Alice in Wonderland. And then he heard something down here, and he looks like this to his right, and he looks up, and it was gone. And if what he said is true, he saw what is known as an elemental. Meaning and what is that? that is, it's really complicated to explain and it's this whole we'll talk about this in a minute here this whole this whole field is so cooked full of pseudoscience and bullshit wackadoodle craziness that it has been diluted to uh, uh i want to bring a scientific credence to this it is it is what keeps me up at night wondering what went bump in my house what was it it's the science of death but how what where when and why how is this possible um and so so an elemental is some kind of a paranormal entity that is only affiliated around the most uh, high-energy places. They're extremely rare to see. Like, almost no one sees them. They've been reported. Um, yeah, he, he didn't know what he was describing, but I looked it up, like, what he was... And, uh, like, I got the description of it, and I was like, ah! 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 God, I'm glad I didn't see that. That would have scarred me for life. Oh, my God, that's terrifying. Isn't, oh. isn't there a Pokemon character called that? I should sure. know this because I. <laughs> there is. I should know this. No, because I, I, I still like play Pokemon Go. Uh, yeah, I, think, <laughs> I don't know. You might be thinking of something anyway. from like Magic the Gathering. Um, but yeah, it's like a humanoid kind of entity, some kind of a paranormal entity that like takes on like human and animalistic characteristics. And apparently they are only seen around the most haunted places in the world, um, supposedly. So, but again, I didn't see it myself. I've only heard the story from my dad, but the story he tells me, he's told it to me numerous times and it hasn't changed. The details haven't changed and just, you know, he wouldn't, he would not lie to me about this kind of thing. And just in experiencing all this craziness in this house, I don't doubt it. Oh my God. No, thanks. no, we've had this conversation before that dads are usually like the biggest like skeptics about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I feel like that kind of just vivid imagery is something you just can't make up unless you're having like vivid night terrors or something like that. But, right. but I, it's not I, I so much. I don't imagine that. It's not so much of, of the ridiculousness of what he saw. It's the fact that he perfectly described something that he didn't know what he was right. describing. And in looking exactly. it up, it's like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. So the house, my parents uh, sold the house in 11 um, slash the bank took it, which tomato, tomato, whichever you believe. And the next people who bought the house renovated the whole thing. They put a quarter million dollars into it, and they sold it about 18 months later at a big loss. What does that tell you? Uh, the next group of people moved out shortly after. The group after that appears to have lived there for about eight years, and I am dying to go knock on their door and ask them. So, you ever hear anything go bump in the night? 
Um, do you have any way to get those people's contact? Do you know like anything oh, yeah. about them or I live I live five miles from the house and I know like I I know the oh, address. Oh amazing. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. I will tell you guys what I wish I could do, what I would do if I had the means, the money, I would buy that house again and I would sink five million dollars into creating a the house itself is probably about half a million. I would sink four or five million dollars into hiring a full time research staff and do a two-year longitudinal study on the house i'd wire the whole thing up every kind of pressure sensor camera temperature reading equipment humidity reading equipment any kind of empirical evidence capturing device would be in that house i would have a team monitoring it around the clock i'd have one year just be nobody sets foot in the house let's see what we find that'd be the control year and then the variable year i would have different groups of people going in and i would alternate weeks and see if if there's any kind of correlation with making the activity happen, if there's any way to get it to happen, if there's any way to capture it, trying to get to the bottom of something because there's I've never seen a real ghost study done, and the name itself sounds like an oxymoron thanks to things like the History Channel and all these like the Ghost Mythbusters, the Ghostbusters, whatever the fuck they're called. Um, and there's a guy I almost want to contact him. He's the guy who bought Skinwalker Ranch. He did something like that. Um, yeah, he's he dead. Uh, yeah. I forget the guy's name. He's like a weird eccentric billionaire. Uh, he also he yeah. bought Skinwalker Ranch for like a million and sold it for like 20. So he actually ended up paying for his investment on that or all the money yeah. he put into it. Dope. I don't know if he found anything conclusive. It doesn't seem like he did, but he ain't never seen my house, this house. Dude, if I had the funds to buy the house, I would buy it and then I would level it and I would set fire to the land. <laughs> uh-huh. That actually might make it worse. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, that's possible. I, I wonder if renovating that house pissed them off. Probably. Oh, they say that when you when you renovate, um, when there's like entities or ghosts or whatever living in a house living in a house in a house um they're not living um so when you have entities or spirits in a house they say that um when you do renovations it will stir up a lot of activity uh when we renovated my house I bought my house my grandma um my grandma owned this house. She, when she moved to her retirement home, I bought it from her and uh, my grandfather died in this house. And so, uh, I went to go see a medium for my birthday one year and she started talking to me about my house and she didn't know that I lived in this house. Uh, and she said that my grandfather said that it's okay if you want to do renovations. And I was, she had no idea that he used to live here. So I was like, oh, it's probably because his spirit is here. And he was like, yo, it's fine. Do your renovations. Just hurry up because you're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised, Evan, that they were even able to get renovations done. I've heard, you know, a lot yeah. of places where like they've I'm sure it flooded a million times. Yeah, exactly. They were probably so over it by the time they finished the renovations that they were just like, fuck this place. Interestingly, I don't I I don't think it uh, has anything to do with the house itself. I think it has to do with the land because my other neighbors also reported some activity, but like my house, my house was by far the epicenter of it. Right. Maybe old ancient burial ground. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's a it's any Dinah, Minnesota, and there is an area nearby, like very close by, called Indian Hills because it did used to belong to Indian tribes. Hmm. So. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. 
But like, like I said, if I could, I would buy that house again and I would set about uh, un- running the most elaborate ghost experiment ever done. But I don't have $5 million to do that. So anybody listening wants to cut me a check, I'd love to get, to st- love to get started on this. We should get a GoFundMe nice. going for you. Get all your yes. followers to donate and figure it out. <laughs> what, I mean, uh, how, many, how much would they, 200000 need to donate? Like $3? Something like that. Uh, actually, I'm yeah, that, that would, that would but, probably help. <laughs> probably, probably a little bit more than that, but if I could get half a, mi- if I mean, I get half a million people to give me five bucks, I could probably do this experiment. It is the science of death, is what it is. The demon thing, fuck if I know. I, what's interesting is I'm not religious at all. I'm atheistic. I do not believe in any theistic God. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. But this, I've experienced. This is real. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, I Obviously, there is spirits somewhere right like they're clearly real um do i believe that there's like only one ruling spirit i i don't know i don't know what i really believe in that sense but like clearly yeah there needs to be some type of scientific study done for this this is probably the scariest story i've ever heard on this podcast oh well thank you i'm a traumatized adult i'm so sorry same but for different reasons um It would be nice that every time I said, uh, oh, when people are like, oh, what kind of podcast do you um, have? And I say paranormal and they're like, oh, do you really believe in that stuff? And I'm like, well, I don't know. But if someone wants to fucking prove it, then by all means. So, Evan, I'm looking at you <laughs> for, for, those, for, for that investigation so that we can actually like stop being like laughed at. <laughs> it is something that I don't, you know, like I shared this on my TikTok because I, uh, I shared this on my comedy page, not my pawn man page. And I shared it because I had, I couldn't think of any good jokes to come up with. I was like, well, I guess I'll talk about my house. Let's see where this gets me. And I don't usually like talking about it because people are like, oh, you're crazy. Do you have a history of mental illness in your family? Um, and it's, by the way, it wasn't just you that experienced it. There were other people there to corroborate the events. Yeah, I have, I can get numerous witnesses. You know, like one time I went over yeah. there with one of my friends who never doubted me, but you know, it's, it's, it was always good to get something just blatant and be like, so we were over there one day when the house was empty, we were over there smoking pot. Um, I wouldn't have gone in alone without him. Cause I was like, Hey, where, where can we go? Well, I can go to the house. All right. So we're downstairs in the basement smoking pot and we hear somebody walking around upstairs, like not even subtly, like clearly walking around. And I looked at him and I just go, it's not the pot. Do you believe me now? And he goes, let's get out of here. Oh my God. I would never step foot in that house again. Like I would, I would never, I would never. Well, whatever it is, minus the fact that I'm very like statistically unlucky, unlucky to like, to the point it's actually a statistical anomaly, how unlucky I am. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I don't think it has followed me. Yeah. Yeah. You should go see someone who does like spiritual healing or something and see if there's like a curse on you and see if they can remove it and see if you're lucky. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, that, it might be the Malocchio or whatever that's yeah, gotcha. the Italian thing. It's an yeah, Italian yeah. thing, but it doesn't need to just be for Italians. No, Interesting. it's not. I don't it's think I've heard wrong. of that one. No, it's like you're cursed, basically. Like something's put it, and they call it the Malocchio. If you can see someone, I'm going to go see someone after tomorrow. I'm going to have to go see someone and be like, listen to an EVP that really scared me. Can you just give me some type of protection? (laughs) Well, I'm starting to enter the colon cancer zone, so it might be in my best interest to (laughs) make sure. (laughs) Don't don't have any bad juju following me into that. (laughs) 
No. There you go. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. All right. Well, well that's an episode. Gavin, thanks. Yeah. That's a haunting. <laughs> that's a haunting. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your trauma with us. We appreciate Yeah, it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I will say to all of our listeners, I am on yeah. YouTube. I am on TikTok. I am Pawn Man. I have a reality show on YouTube called Pawn Man. It's the best reality show you've never seen. I guarantee it. <laughs> I also have books that I have written on Amazon. If you just type in Evan Kale, K-A-I-L. I am working on a book about my dad, and there is an entire chapter devoted to everything I just talked about. So look for that. I'm hoping to release that in 2021. And yeah, yeah, I'm a very active guy. So come find me and stalk me like a ghost. Yeah, do it. (laughs) Everyone go follow Evan. And uh, yeah, can't wait to hear. You know, I'm sure there's stuff that you probably missed that they can they can find on on any of those channels for specifically TikTok. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well. That's it. That's showbiz, baby. Stay right. spooky, everyone. <laughs> Stay spooky. Is that your guys saying? You're out dressing? That's it our is, sign yeah. off. You can just shout, boo! If you like this episode of Paranormal, we need your help. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple. And if you listen to us on Spotify, go ahead and click the follow button. Even better, you can donate to us on Patreon, where you can access bonus content and members-only merch. To support your favorite spooky duo, go to patreon.com slash paranormalpod. And for show updates and giveaways, be sure to follow us on Instagram at paranormalpod. And remember, stay stay spooky. spooky. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 